now on a very cold winter's day in Girona, back over in Europe. I'm here with Kiel Reinen, and um, welcome, Kiel. Thank you for having me. Kiel is um, in his 10th year as a pro, and did a little bit of a different path to the rest of um, the European pros in terms of, he's the same age as me, so he's 31 years old, and um, in comparison, I've been over in Europe now for my 10th season. Kiel's also in his 10th season, but did seven years in the States where they've got a really healthy racing um, calendar as well. And from what I understand, Kiel's waiting until the time is right, finish his degree, and then you know, couldn't couldn't refuse any more offers and said, you know what, all right, I'm going to come across to Europe when Trek finally uh, sweetened the deal up. And he's been over in Europe, I think this is your third season with Trek? Yep, third season with Trek. And I can't say that uh, the teams were like suitors lining up at the door for me. <laughs> that's maybe a bit of an overstatement. <laughs> Take it. That's that's how it looks, you know, and that's how you, that's how you play it. Um, but what I found really interesting about Kiel and myself coming into this new phase of my life, having a son, well, my wife gave birth to our son, Marlo, exactly one year ago, one year and two days ago. And I tell you what, it's been a change. It's been a hell, a hell of a change in my normal life, but also in my cycling professional life. And speaking to Kiel last year, he's, he's got a daughter who's 13 months old, um, Emmy Lou, and we could, well, I felt I could really relate to you last year yeah. when Marla was sort of six months old and I was in the thick of it. And I, when I got to talk to you, it was just like, oh, yeah, you get it, yeah. you know? Yeah, without and having to explain a thing. Exactly. So that's, that's what I really wanted to talk to you today about um, and Fathers of the Peloton. So welcome to the potty. Yeah, and it's it can be a really a solitary uh, party when you got a kid and you're trying to do all this bouncing around. But it you know we're not the only ones in the peloton by any means. We're not. We're not. And that's what I find really amazing too is that it's something that I'm at some point struggling with, and I think how could anyone do this? I'm like, hang on, probably you know three quarters of the peloton. I should have got that statistic, but three quarters of the peloton. I mean, a quarter of the peloton has got kids, you know, and yeah. they're. They're just plugging along. You don't hear about it. Yeah. What I think is even more interesting, actually, now that you bring it up, is that I can't believe how many of my teammates um, maybe have kids and never never mentioned it. Yeah. You know, like for me, it's one of the, the the big topics of my life. You know, like it's not just something you and I can connect on. It's something I want to talk mm. to you about. Maybe one of the first things I'd bring up. And um, I'm surprised sometimes by, um, I, I don't know if it's just a difference in mentality between the Euros and non-Euros. But um, family life for them is sometimes a little bit separated from from their their sporting and and work life. And whereas, you know, for us, we're on the road so much Mm -hmm. of the year that um, these can't just be co-workers. You know, they have to be also friends. Otherwise, you you go nuts. Yeah, that's true. I never thought of it like that because maybe they're getting an outlet when they go back home, back to their village that they've lived in their whole life. And maybe that would be the same if we were at home. And maybe you can shed some light on that. Were you living at home when you were racing in the in the states? Yeah, so it, it was a bit interesting. Um, I've I've raced predominantly in the states during those years, but actually I, I was doing um, a lot of things similar to do I, uh, what I do now. Oh, yeah. So I, I was coming over here and doing the entire spring season, um, pretty much from January till tour California in May hmm. um, over in Europe. So coming to Girona was quite familiar to me, uh, but the the teams were. 
more American in their um, sort of management style and, and those types of things. So it was a much more familiar environment when I was on the road with the team. And that's well, essentially that's the travel and everything was exactly the same. It was pretty yeah, similar. Yeah. 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 I okay. mean, of course, it wasn't a big world tour team, so we didn't have grand tour invites, but we were coming to a lot of the big races doing Milan San Remo, Strada Bianchi, those, those types of events. So it wasn't all new to me in the last three years, but definitely a different ball game. And, and I think one of the biggest changes was being on a Eurocentric team just changes the, the management style, the dynamic between the riders. The, there's just an unfamiliarity with mm. that that is it's hard to get used to. Mm. And, um, you know, like being in Girona, this is, I think, our seventh spring in Girona mm. now. Um, and the first time I came over, I was with Jordan. Yeah. My, my whole career, I've, I've been together with, with Jordan. That's your wife. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mention yeah. him before. Yeah. This <laughs> the, the all-important wives. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, no joke. It definitely yeah. couldn't do do it without her. So um, the, then the first year I tried to, and it was disastrous. <laughs> I came over by myself. Uh, it was super lonely. You know, even then there were still some Americans here, but it, it just it just wasn't familiar it wasn't easy it wasn't you know there's was not a lot of people to relate to so um that's all changed over you know the course of those those years but um i do say i do think that i've i've discovered kind of a new um connection with a lot of people that, that have kids now mm. over here like it's it's an even smaller group within the already small yeah. group but you know like it, it's just it's so easy to relate to each other because you're all going through it together and there's so many things you can't really put into words, you know, emotions, feelings, good and bad. There's you know? a lot of mutual respect there. I yes. definitely feel yeah. that. You just, Absolutely. you get it. Yeah. Um, all right, well, moving on from that, I wanted to, let's go straight into balancing being a dad while being a pro. Yeah. You know, like, where do you draw the line? And that's that's also been tough for me in the beginning. Sometimes I've, just with sleep, you know, that's one thing or... Yeah. You know, just being around home or being out training, stopping for a coffee. Sometimes I feel guilty with that because I'm Absolutely. like, you know what? I should be back there. Yeah. I should be back there trying to trying to help. So for you, how has that been? The balance? Yeah. It's a big so, question. I mean, I think the first thing is we have to be honest with ourselves, which is this is a selfish endeavor. And not just cycling, but being a professional athlete. Like we have to look after ourselves. And I'm, you know... I like to, you know, pick up my half in the relationship, but I also am not shy about making sure that like, I have what I need to do this as a, as a living, which is a lot. I mean, it requires a lot of the other people in our lives. So yeah. uh, when you've got a kid, kids don't care about that, and and nor should they. So mm-hmm. and I think that's a big shift is is having to you know constantly check back in with yourself and say, okay, is this is this something that. I really need or something that I, you know, just think that I need. And yeah, no, <laughs> for sure, my perspectives have changed. I, I used to need nine hours of sleep. Turns out that wasn't true. I need like seven hours of sleep. <laughs> I can get by with six. I can't function with less than that. You know, I like nine hours of sleep, but it's yeah. just not an option. And, uh, you know, for sure, Jordan, you know, at night is taking the, the brunt of it with, with Emmy and that's, that's part of the deal. Um, cause I mean, what, what deal is that? I love it. <laughs> part of the deal. Like part of the deal. Yeah. there's <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm the only one who signed it. No, I, you know, the, the guilt part is, is tough because like, I, I don't even feel comfortable telling Jordan that I feel guilty because <laughs> it's, 
it's like you're, you're asking double, like not only are you not doing it, but you want me to feel bad for you because you feel guilty. Like, come on, give me a break. But there's definitely a change. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like stopping for a coffee as much on a ride. Yeah. And I notice too, that, that like the way I train has definitely shifted. It's about yeah. like going out and, and doing the job, getting home, you know, yeah, you're not, not, you're not being productive. Time. Yeah. Get, get the home get back. And well, and that's on two things. I think just to interrupt. Sorry. It was, it's not purely, it is a big reason to lighten the load, but also I'm out there going, you know what? I want to hang out with Liddy and Marla. Yeah. I want to see what they're doing. Yeah. It's not yeah. a burden. Yeah. It's, you're excited about it. Like I, yeah. I raced home the other day after doing my intervals, not because I had to, but because I just wanted to get home in time to see Emmy when she woke up from her nap. Yeah. And so the, like another thing that I think is interesting is when I thought about kids, I always felt like I was going to have kids, you know, like I had, I had a really... Wes Anderson style idyllic childhood uh, growing up on Bainbridge Island was was really special and I was around tons of family I just everything was was really awesome just so just quickly because you've only just educated me about where you were brought up yeah. and just if you can in a in a quick way just explain to everyone how you were brought up on an island oh, I swam to school once <laughs> yeah towns towns across the water from my house uh, so my buddy, my neighbor and I, uh, one day decided the quickest way to get to school is actually to swim the 200 meters across the bay. And what did you do with all your stuff? We had a dry bag actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was an adventure. Uh, have you only swum across it once or heaps of times, but only once to school? Yeah. Only once to school, not heaps of times, but a, f- a fair Is it period. highly unrecommended? Uh, it's cold. Like 15 minutes is hypothermia in that, really? in that neck of the woods. Really? Yeah, it's all times of year. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, right. But like my mom learned how to how to swim uh, just north of there in Delma Beach, you know, in the open water. So kids are a little bit tougher from that area. So what part of America is it? Uh, this is as northwest as the northwest gets. You okay. can you can throw a stone to Canada. Um, oh, right, right. And so there's there's a hunk of islands on the American side of the border, and then a hunk of islands on the Canadian side of the border there. <laughs> and um, yeah, the I'm I'm actually sixth generation on my mom's side from from that area, and a lot of sailors in the family. Um, a lot of family, a lot of extended family yeah. there that people you don't know you're related to. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, an incredible amount. I mean, I, I think in Port Townsend, uh, where my grandparents and aunts and uncles all live. It, I must be related to half the town. Sounding very Tasmania-esque. Well, I, my, actually, my grandparents met uh, in grade school as kids in Fort Townsend <laughs> yeah, and, right. and started dating shortly thereafter. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they together their whole lives pretty much. So All right. So that gives a bit of background on sort of your your upbringing on, and you're an island man. Yeah. But then what were we actually different. just saying before that was... Well, I, I was alluding to the fact that in, in my, I always thought I was going to have kids, mm. um, because right. I had a really idyllic childhood. I wanted to share that with another generation. Like if I could give that same childhood to another generation, I feel like that would be a good contribution to the world. And, um, I wasn't in a rush to, to have kids necessarily, but I, Immediately after I had Emmy, the first thought I had was, "What? Why didn't I do that sooner?" And yeah. I have no idea why that occurred yeah. to me. I, I didn't overthink it. It just—it was one of the first things that popped in my head. Was I wish I'd done this earlier. And how much earlier? You mean like sort of like twenty-one? So you could have had three kids now, or you mean like I wish I'd had had her like three, four years ago? 
Yeah, maybe either. Uh, yeah. Not, not so that I could add to the, the lot of kids so much as just that, like, well, this is such a wonderful experience. Why did I put it off? Because there's, there's always an excuse to not have kids. And I could still give you a dozen yeah. of why it doesn't make any sense for me to have a kid yet. But <laughs> it that because there's no good time, every time is, is sort of a good time. And yeah. I, I didn't expect to feel that way. And the other thing that I kind of assumed with having kids was that with, with sports, it either... Uh, kind of makes you better or makes you worse. And mm-hmm. and so what I mean by that is a lot of people have kids and they seem to have sort of a burden lifted off of them, which is they're no longer sort of just judged on their sporting achievements. You know, they have something else in, in life that is giving them purpose and that and they're so enjoying. And so sporting flurries. Yeah, so. because you're just, you're, that pressure is sort of gone. It's not the only thing driving that in yeah, your life. And then on the other hand, I think, Sometimes people end up as worse athletes because their focus shifts, mm. which is either outcome is okay. This isn't about judging, you know, one as being better or worse. But so I expected kind of one of those two things to happen to me. And I'm... What are you experiencing? I, I'm surprised to say that I actually, I think that I got better in some ways and worse in others and it pretty much stayed stagnant. Yeah. So I, you know, I find myself when I'm at training camp or something like that, more motivated because if I'm away from, from my family and Emmy, I, I got to make the most of it, like make it count. And, and that's the same with the training on the road. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. If I'm out there, I'm going to smash it. Um, but then when I'm home, you know, it's easier to put off, you know, Little things, little things, stretching or yeah, yeah, extra hours sleep yeah. or and when you're you know an elite athlete, those things make a difference. Yeah. But I also like to think that there is something to that that dad strength. Like you, you do get a little more power just from being a dad. It makes you a little tougher. Well, that was something I wanted to ask you next was about the motivation if it had helped you or not. And a little story for me was I didn't know, well, I hadn't really experienced it. I'd sort of thought maybe it had maybe not and then um my son he came to the nationals this year and i just thought i asked my wife to bring him down with you know circuit like nationals i thought oh yeah it'd be cool for him to be there you know he won't know what's going on won't make any difference but every lap i tell you it didn't matter how hard the race was i was able to look across and just smile and i couldn't uncontrollably it was like move out of the way anyone else who was holding him i just wanted to see him yeah it was so weird how much it, motivation it gave me yeah. at that moment to get over the climb one more time. Yeah. Maybe that won't work all the time, but it was so weird. It was really powerful. So Emmy hasn't made it to a lot of races, but she did come to two uh, last year, nationals as well yeah. for me, and Flanders. Hmm. And oh, yeah, I remember that. I traveled experience. with your wife. Yeah. yeah. So she, uh, she and Emmy Lou came down... Uh, they were there at the start, you know, I saw them briefly and then they kind of got whisked off, did their, their thing. And then I knew they'd be at the finish and the, you know, I don't remember how many K to go it was that I was somewhere in no man's land by myself (laughs) trying to catch up to Gruppetto. Uh, but you know, like Gruppetto at that point is not an easy bunch to ride in. It's not Gruppetto. You're just on the limit. And I so wanted to get to the finish just to see her, you know, Mm -hmm. and that, that was a really cool feeling. I would have taken some satisfaction from finishing the race anyhow, I think, but finishing and having her there, I mean, it was hands down the best best bike race last year that I did. Most enjoyable experience yeah. anyway on a bike. And, and at nationals, uh, things didn't go as planned for me. I mean, nationals has been 
bit of a white whale for me in my career, but that's beside the point. Um, anyhow, same thing, like every lap come through and I was just looking for Emmy, looking for Emmy. Yeah. And I got to the finish, things hadn't gone as planned and I finished up there, but you know, I was, I wasn't as good as in past years. And I just, it's a race I really wanted to win. And it was the first time, like after bike race, I think I just cried because I was so like emotionally distraught about the race, but so happy Emmy was wow. there, and it, it was it was a really was everyone asking experience. what was going on? They're like, what, what's happened there? Yeah, did, like, it, did it mean that much to him this year? Yeah, yeah. A few people rolled by, and I kind of didn't know how to react like, to the fact was it, that I was. Was he really that up for it? Yeah. You're like, you don't understand what I'm going through. Yeah, that is true. And like some of it was even the you know, it wasn't just like I was crying because I was sad. I was also happy because it sort of didn't matter how yeah. I did in comparison to having, having Emmy there. And I think that's what matters is, you know, as athletes, what we do at this level isn't particularly healthy, especially when your self-esteem is so wrapped up in, in your results all the time. And I think that's one of the, the really nice things about having kids is remembering like there is a lot more to life than how a particular day of training or racing goes. It, yeah. It just, you know, like I would rather fail as a bike racer a hundred thousand times over than fail as a dad one time. Yeah. So, uh, if, if at the end of the day, you know, people talk about my career, which is doubtful because <laughs> it wasn't that shiny, but if they did, uh, it wouldn't really matter to me what they said nearly as much as how they judged me as a, as a parent. Yeah. Well, and on that note, would you want her to be a cyclist? Definitely not. <laughs> uh, there's so my wife uh, rode horses a fair bit growing up, and that was kind of her sport. And cycling's obviously mine. And uh, I, Jordan's, you know, of course wants to encourage Emmy to do anything she wants to do, and I and I, I second that. But I said the horses and bikes are off limits. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's like. If it, I, I guess I was at the start, I was like that too. I was like, nah, not going to be a rider. You yeah. know, I know what it's like. But on the look, on the same side, I do know what it's like, and it is a beautiful life. Yeah. Um. But I want him to choose. Yeah. At know? the end of the day, like even though I say that, I do say it somewhat jokingly yeah, because I know sure. whatever she wants to do, I want to support her in that. Like yeah. if she wants to, you know, be a rock star, cool. If she wants to be a bricklayer that's all right too yeah good suntan yeah Yeah. great (laughs) suntan yeah i think i tabulated it out at one point um because i did you know when we found out we were having emmy lou i said it's okay whatever happens now like if this means sort of the end of this lifestyle and this career that's okay like it doesn't have to mean the end of that it's just it's okay if it does it's okay if it doesn't Mm. um i'm at peace with it either either way and, and then I think when she was about six months old, somewhere last season, uh, I added it up because I was, I was feeling the burden of being gone for long stretches, like that classics period. I was in Belgium for, for quite a while mm. before they came up for Flanders and that was hard. Yeah. And, and it only gets harder because, you know, now she can talk, she's asking for me when I'm not there. And that's definitely, I'm going to say, yeah. yeah. But uh, when I added it up, I figured that if I had a standard nine to five, you know, 40 hour a week job, I'd see her, I don't remember exactly what it was less a year, but wakeful hours, it was like 280 hours a year mm. that I get to see her more because I ride a bike for a living. It's hard though, because I've also thought about this, say, as a post-cycling, and I think of, say, Swanier as a mechanics and directors. 
And my argument always is, yeah, they probably get more time off at home yeah. than a nine to five. But the problem, maybe not so much with us with kids, but now I'm drifting off the topic, but with that job is that when you're at home, everyone else is at work. Yeah. So they can't really essentially yeah. hang out with their mates. But then on the flip side with us, when we're at home, we get to see them full on. Yeah. But there's big chunks where they don't see us, which yeah. where a lot of stuff happens. If it's a yes. nine to five, you get to see every day a little and bit you get to see the development every day. And that's something I noticed only just being in Tour Down Under for a week and then I saw him for one day and then I came here for a, a week or so. So it was probably about two and a half weeks and I did see a massive change in yeah. him and it sort of was, it frightened me a bit. I was yeah. like, wow, that was only two and a half weeks. The first team camp this year I did when I got back from it, you know, Emmy the whole time I was gone was asking for dad. And, yeah, that would know, be hard. I was video calling and all that and then when I got home, she gave me the cold shoulder because she was angry with me that I'd been gone. Yeah. And that was a bit of a wake-up call. And I was lucky that that, that seemed to be a one-off because this last camp, she she was happy to... Well, how do you get around that now? So does, what do you think now, you know, if, if you could just choose how long you're going to ride for? Yeah. Because you know, we know it doesn't happen like that. You still got to perform and the rest of it. But do you see yourself continuing this life for a few more years or are you are pretty content with... Just doing a couple more, or what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I, I on the kids' side of things. Yeah, I'm with you. It's you know, I think in this sport to have a choice is a privilege, yeah. and uh, certainly not the case for everybody. But if I had it my way, I think I'd probably continue till it's time for her to go to preschool. Yeah, and, and at that point, I think you see a lot of, of uh, people in the peloton, especially the non-Europeans, make a decision like, are we going to set up? home base in Europe and this is this is our lifestyle and that's like full life for Australians it would be like primary school so like age of five or six yeah 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 okay yeah. and that's a really difficult decision because the back and forth thing becomes impractical at that point I mean it's already hard yeah you know the jet lag for for one or but two but there is no school year and there's no yeah. difference in that's learning right. and also maybe at the age of five they're learning another language by then yeah and they're ready to go back yeah. and settle into yeah. a home and I know for me I have so much family where I'm I'm from it would be nearly impossible to make the decision to like fully set up camp over here in Europe, you know, be here for Christmas and, and the whole bit because I just would be yearning too much to be back with back with family. So I think that's that's probably the point for me at which it's it's time to call it a wrap. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's also an argument for me whether we had Marlo or not. People always ask the question, will you live in Spain or yeah. overseas when you finish? It's like. Not that I don't love it over here. It's a cool place yeah. and I could definitely live here, but you miss the family yeah. around Christmas time and especially now with having children. Yeah. You're like... Those are experiences they don't get back. No. You know, Christmas when you're five years old with grandma and grandpa is, you know, something that can change you as a person. You know, like those those memories for me, that's who I am. Mm. Without those memories, I, I don't know who I am. So I can't, I can't take those away from from Emmy in the name of, you know, continuing this as a, as a career. But I do like to think that for her, there are some advantages for me to continue to do this. Like there's definitely tough periods where, where I'm away, but think of the cultural experiences they get when they're so little, they're exposed to other languages. Um, they get used to, to travel. They get, um, well, I think that you point out a good point, the amount of time you get at home. Yeah. And that time when they're young, that you get to be there and, and, yeah. and that fact too. Yeah. I've got a couple more questions for you. Um, one thing when you go away now, how do you view that? Because, you know, sometimes I get pushed with the sleep and you deal with it and you're like, 
I can sort of see the horizon. I always heard people talk about this. When I go on a race, it's relaxing when I come go on a yeah. race. And previously, it was like, oh, I'm going on a race. This is stressful. Yeah. When I get home, I'm going to relax. And now yeah. it's the opposite. Is that the same for you now? Yeah, absolutely. I was rooming with uh, John Degenkov at camp, the second camp. Yeah. And he's got two little ones. So you can imagine there's not much sleep going on in that house. And we both got to camp. First night, we looked at each other. It was like straight to bed, like this is sleep camp as far as we're concerned. And yeah, there's, but you know, like you said earlier at the same time, there's a big guilt associated yeah. with that because you know, your missus is at home, you know, suffering solo. And, uh, but then on that same note, I'm like, this is my chance to recharge. Cause yeah. when I'm home, it's like tag team. I'm yeah. back. And when you, yeah, we're right. When you come back home, at least uh, I think you agree, but I find myself super motivated yeah. to be like not just involved, but 110% game on. Yeah, I'll and get this one. Yeah, yeah. Take it on the on the yeah. chin, and then on that on 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 the same topic, something that's changed with me. And this was over the summer. I was we had a few restless nights because the little man was struggling with um, the jet lag, and the jet lag. Um, and I just had like a few. It was a big block, like a two or three six six to six hour days back to back and um after the first day i had pretty sleepless night and i could handle the next day i was like cool got through it and then that night i had a sleepless night as well and we had a bit of a argument i wanted to sleep and i'm and i was thinking about the next ride i was getting a bit nervous and i was like shit next day i got up and um marlo was just going nuts all morning and i was like you know what i don't i don't have to do six hours today i get to do six hours And it just flipped. I was like really nervous about it and I was scared, not scared, but I was like, oh, it's going to be a hard day. I didn't get my sleep, yada, yada. And I was you like, hang on. yourself out, yeah. Hang on. I get to do six hours. Liddy has to stay here today. Yeah. So, well, she's, she's got to take the brunt of Marlo today yeah. without any sleep. And that's full on job. That, yeah. That's something that changed for me. Is it? Is that your perspective on training changed that a little bit? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that sentiment. And I'd also add that you know, if it was so bad or so sleepless that let's say you had six hours with intervals or something, you went out there and even though you were glad to be out there doing the ride, you know, you just couldn't hit the numbers in the intervals and it was, it was just not. So happening. what? So what? Exactly. It's one ride. And it doesn't mean you're not going to try. It doesn't mean you won't make up for it in the next yeah. training block, but relax. Like not, not every day, you don't have to do every day. Like your life depends on it. And that in and of itself can be, can make you a better rider because you're not so stressed about, you know, how each individual training day goes or each individual performance. You're looking at the big picture. And I think kids are a really good reminder. Hey, look at the big picture. Even when we walk, like, uh, this morning we went from the shops back to the house and, you know, I've got my head down, you know, hustling over there so I can get back over here to do this with you. And, Emmy was, was in my arms and she was fussing a bit and she just wanted down because she wanted to walk herself. And, and then I finally put her down, you know, a little bit exacerbated. And, um, she looked over at the Creek running through town and all the ducks were out and she duck is one of the like seven words she says. <laughs> so she's yelling duck, duck, duck. And, you know, wanders over there. I hadn't stopped and like just stared at the, the river running through town in ages. And they just, they remind you to do that. You know, they yeah. remind you to take it all in, to slow down, to, you know, enjoy all the parts yeah nice nice well um just the last little wrap up um going on to this season what are your aspirations 
Um, definitely looking to be part of the, the core classic squad again with Trek Sigafredo. So, um, like last year, the experience there was phenomenal. Flanders was, was definitely hands down my favorite day on a bike last year. So love to be part of that again. And then, um, for me, like personal goals are always the, the U S races. So California, Utah, Colorado, and then, um, looks like the plan now is the Vuelta again at the end of the season. So the world's this year looks like it's pretty climbing heavy. So I don't, don't know that that'll be much of a goal after the Vuelta, but, um, I think, uh, I think that's, that'll be plenty without it. Well, then I was thinking, do you have anything planned for a race win? Like, cause I remember, I think it was, um, Sastra, Carlos Sastra. And he always did the, the famous pulled the dummy out of the pocket yeah. and had the dummy in his mouth, and, yeah. you know, and dedicated it. Have you thought about something like that? Boy, that's interesting. Um, a lot of races for us to carry it in, you know. Yeah. He probably knew he was on the cusp of a win at yeah. some point. <laughs> you know? yeah, right. well, I'll speak for myself. Anyway, you might be on the cusp of a big win, you know. Uh, no, I'm with you on that. I think uh, <laughs> I just can't. Something light, maybe. Like to win, you know, a big event, the, the amount of emotion that's involved already is, you know, through yeah. the roof. But to imagine if your family was there at the finish line as well would be... Uh, I mean, I just can't even imagine how satisfying that would be. And I guess if I had to pick a race for that to all happen, it would be nationals. Yeah, for sure. Slip the dummy in for nationals or yeah, you know, maybe just so. the nappy. Yeah. Or maybe, just, or even just a picture or something, yeah, you know, nice. just, I, and even more than like, you know, pulling it out would be just know it's there in your in pocket. pocket. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, cool, mate. We'll keep going. We both got, Families look after. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an ever-changing uh, dynamic. So, I mean, that's part of the fun of it. It is. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me.